You're listening to Thoughts of Thaddeus, a show dedicated to people wrestling with life and faith. Here is Pastor Nick Pierce. Welcome to the podcast. I am Nick Pierce. So glad that you guys are tuning in for this. I hope you find it uh, fruitful for you and beneficial, or at least funny, you know, or I sound funny, one of the two, you know, give you some good material to uh, write some jokes on. Uh, but yeah, this is a discussion of just life and faith and how those things come together. So, um, you know, and every one of us, that's, uh, we all are processing life and we all have faith. And that might be a weird uh, thought or a concept to you. You know, even the theist who believes in a, you know, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-good God, all-loving God, that's, you know, they have faith, but also the person that believes that there is nothing, you know, uh, an atheist or an agnostic that we don't know if we, uh, if there's anything there. They, they have a faith in that too, because, um, you know, nobody is, uh, there's always a step of faith in it. And there's been some great books written about that. Uh, I think one of my favorites is I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Uh, the whole kind of premise conclusion is that, you know, when you look at the evidence for specific worldviews, which one do you have to have more faith in uh, compared to the other one that has more evidence to believe in it? Uh, and so their premise, it's uh, Dr. Norman Geisler, Dr. Frank Turek. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Highly recommend it. Uh, Dr. Norman Geisler is one of my um, professors watching recorded video because he's uh, gone on to be with the Lord, uh, but they still use his videos for seminary, which are great. So uh, highly recommend if you can find anything written by him. Um, but that's uh, that's kind of the premise is we talk about life and faith. And, and I guess I never clarified even at the very beginning of doing this podcast is um, it's not just for Christ- Christians either. Like I, um, I have no uh, reservations or no, uh, not concerned if somebody that maybe doesn't see eye to eye with me about uh, God or the existence of a God or anything like that, you know, we're still processing life and, and would invite someone like that. Hopefully there's, uh, there's good, um, on this podcast that they could take away from and, it, and, and challenge each other's thoughts in a, in a healthy, productive way, not in an argumentative, uh, bashing way, but I think good, healthy conversation is something we're losing in this country and we really need to gain it back. I mean, it's good for me even to be challenged, and and I don't shy away from that. I know I was trying to start a <clears throat> kind of like a before school, uh, lack of better words, of a Bible club at a middle school, and and the principal said, "Well, if we allow you in, we'll have to allow an atheist group in." And she kind of wasn't ready for my s- response, and I said, "Sure." And she kind of looked at me puzzled, and I was like, "You know, I I, I feel like I have enough faith." You know, that I'm not, I don't think I'm an insane person or I'm loony or anything like that. I think my, my faith rests on some pretty good evidence that's, uh, that is open and available to anybody. I don't think it's bended or twisted. I think it is what it is. And, you know, do I have it all figured out? Absolutely not. Can I answer every question that somebody uh, would bring up that disagrees with me? Yeah, definitely no. I'm not that smart. And if you know me, in any context, you're probably thinking, amen to that. He is definitely not that smart. But I do believe that my faith does rest on some good evidence. And 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 I don't shy away from if somebody did believe opposite of me. Um, 
and would challenge me and say, well, what about this? And what about that? And I think that's good. That's healthy. If anything, um, it, it'll grow my faith. You know, if somebody asks me a question that I don't know, it's going to cause me to search it out and say, you know, how do I answer this from a theistic uh, position? And so I think that's good. And, and I wish we had more of that. Uh, but it seems um, our country's sliding more into uh, you know, freedom of speech, regardless of uh, a religious stance or any stance, uh, freedom of, of speech is really kind of going away. Um, and, and the most intolerant thing uh, there is, is that we don't tolerate one another, that we can disagree, uh, but still be kind to each other. Still say, hey, that's absolutely perfectly fine and normal for somebody to believe differently than me, uh, but I don't hate them. I don't want anything bad to happen to them. I don't, you know, they just believe differently. And so anyway, uh, that was a long intro to what I wanted to get into, which does fit fairly well in that. So, you know, uh, questioning our faith. And I guess, you know, with that premise that I said before, where I hope anybody from any uh, stance of faith here, you know, from an atheist to agnostic to, a, I guess, even a polytheist, somebody that believes in many gods, to you know, uh, what I would call a classical theist, meaning a, a orthodox Christianity. Um, you know, we all question our faith at one point. You know, it, it is, is my atheism true? Is my agnosticism true? Is my polytheism true? Is my monotheism true? I don't, you know, and for me, um, believing in an all-powerful, all-creator, sustaining God who created everything, upholds the world, works within the world um, with miracles and has revealed himself generally and specifically through the Bible, um, I think it's still good to ask those questions. I, I tell I tell people all the time that, you know, Christ, Jesus Christ, is not afraid of your doubts. And sometimes the greatest moments of faith are in our biggest moments of doubts. And so, you know, if there's something that's really shaking you uh, and you feel like it's you know, shaking your faith and you, you know, that's, I don't think a sign of weakness or a sign of lack of faith. I think it's good that it is, you know, in a sense, bothering you and, and search out for that, press into that, find people that, um, find smart people, wise people around you and ask and have conversations, have dialogues. This is good. Uh, but how do we re respond to our faith when we're, we're casting doubt on our faith? And, you know, there's Christians who, uh, were Christians for years and, and they've had doubts about their faith and they walked away from the faith. And, you know, as I hate that for them and, and pray uh, against that, everybody has that. And then the same breath and the opposite is true. You know, an atheist, you know, at one point has to reevaluate his faith that there is absolutely nothing. And does the evidence line up with that? And he was shaking in his faith and maybe came to the knowledge of a, a thought of, you know, maybe there is a God and, and started going down that road. And that's just one of the beautiful things uh, that God gave us. And it's almost kind of hard to understand is we have that free choice. You know, he didn't made us as uh, automaton robots that, you know, are just, our lives are not predetermined, that, that, that there is free choice that we have um, and we can choose. And, um, you know, some of the things uh, in that can be hard and it's a struggle. Then we have to, we have consequences and repercussions from that. And we have effects because of our free choices. 
you know, directly, indirectly of our own choices, directly, indirectly of other people's choices. And some things are just completely out of our hand altogether. And so, but I think that's good. I think that's healthy. And, and so, you know, what do we do when we're shaking uh, in our faith? Obviously, I'm kind of coming from a, a theistic standpoint. And I think one of the biggest issues that people struggle with that shakes their faith the most uh, is that problem of evil. You know, if God is all-knowing, God is all-loving, and God is all-powerful, then why does evil exist? And just kind of wanted to speak into that uh, a little bit. This is not a an exhaustive uh, conversation because uh, I'm only going to go for like uh, eight more minutes, if that. Um, and and there's a whole, as, as I like to say, the the rabbit hole is deep on this one. But just wanted to give some, try to give some clarity to start the conversation, and maybe we'll uh, continue this conversation in future podcasts or maybe even the next one. But you know, so if we believe that there is an uh, an all knowing, all powerful, all loving God who created everything and evil exists, you know, these seem contradictory to each other. You know, how can God be all knowing that He knew evil was going to happen? How could be he be all-powerful, meaning he could stop and defeat evil, and he hasn't. And how could he be all-loving and allow evil to happen? Uh, and and one of the easy, uh, just kind of like my knee-jerk reactions, uh, responses to this is, uh, yeah, there is an, an all-knowing God, so he's not surprised by this. There absolutely is an all-powerful God, so he can defeat it. And he's all-loving, and he wants to defeat it. And so then the question might be asked uh, of us, then why why hasn't he yet? And that's the key word is why isn't evil defeated? Well, just because he hasn't doesn't mean he won't. He hasn't done it yet, meaning we got to look towards the future that just because something hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it won't happen. And we wouldn't think that about anything else. You know, that would be a very false assumption to make about anything else. Uh, you know, that's like it being at, at nighttime and you think, oh, the sun's never going to come up because it hasn't came up yet. So it's never going to. Well, that, that's a false assumption. Um, and and to say that means that you would have to know uh, everything. So to know that, oh, it hasn't happened, that means it won't. You know, that's uh, that's kind of a false premise there. And so I think for me, that's one of the big things is I look forward to the hope, you know, knowing that if he can and he wants to, that guarantees us that God will defeat evil and he will not allow evil. And, and so then you might be thinking, okay, well, how did evil call evil? Uh, let's try that again. So you might be thinking, well, then how did evil ever come about then? You know, did, did God create it? And so the argument can go that, you know, God created all things. Evil is a thing. Therefore, God created evil. And, and you know, far be it. To, that would be the thought. You know, the first premise, yeah, God created everything. Absolutely. Now, the question is, is evil really a thing? Um, and what I, what I want to be clear on is evil is very real. So somebody that's going through a cancer diagnosis or lost a child in a car accident, or I mean, think of this, the, the atrocities of Holocaust and different things like that and, and starvation, like there are absolutely bad things, evil things in this world. But to look at is evil something that God created? And I think the line uh, best articulates that 
God permits evil, but he didn't produce evil. And that's where it comes all-knowing. God created everything, and it was good. When we hear that on the seventh day, he said it was very good. So everything that God created was good. Evil's not good. So God didn't create evil, but he permitted it. He knew that Adam and Eve were going to sin, and he permitted it to happen. And Because it's like this. You can't, like if you're a boxer, uh, and I had a couple uncles that were boxers, if they wanted to be champ, they had to get in the ring and fight that opponent. And so... How could God defeat evil if he doesn't permit it? Like, if he's going to defeat evil and, and all of that, you, you got to get in the ring with it. And so he permits evil, but he didn't produce evil. You, you got to allow it to be able to defeat it, in which he will defeat it. And so uh, going back to that premise, did God create evil? He created everything good, but he permitted it. And, and this is the best way I can and, uh, articulate how evil is not thing. Evil is real, but evil is a a lack of or a privation of what is good. So, uh, you know, before I went into ministry, I was actually a, a nurse and in the medical field. And so this analogy rings uh, very real to me and it just, it, I, I understand it well. So if you, let's say you have a patient and they have a good arm, you know, God created us, there's a good arm, nothing wrong with it. But if you have a wound in that arm, that is something bad. Now, you can't have just a wound, but a wound can only be within a good thing, a good arm, a good leg, or whatever. But you can't just like point to something and say, oh, that's a wound, without pointing the lack there is uh, in a good thing. So another analogy is, it's like rust on a car. You can't have a, a completely rusted car just all right, you, it, the car wouldn't exist. It'd just be a pile of, of rust. I mean, it's not even, or like a, if you have a sweater or a t-shirt and there's a bunch of holes in it, like moth-eaten holes in it, you know, uh, that is a real lack of something that is in a good thing. But if you had a totally moth-eaten garment, what would you have? A hanger, you know, you can't. And so evil is the lack of, or a privation in a good thing, like a wound is to a good arm. And that really has helped me kind of understand uh, that kind of line of thinking, okay, so God is good. He created only good things. And where did evil come from? He permitted it so he could defeat it. Uh, but it's always a lack in a good thing. And, and so, and then just to take it one more step further, evil you know, good and evil per se are not absent. So good isn't the absence of evil. So uh, a way to put that is like if you have a rock, a rock doesn't have sight, right? There's an absence of sight to a rock. A rock has never been created to see. So that's an absence of sight where a person who is blind has a real lack or an absence of something that is supposed to be there. Right. So and that's where it's a lack of or a privation of a good thing that's supposed to be there, supposed to have sight, but there isn't. That's that's a real lack of something. But to just say it's completely absence of it, you know, that's like a, there's it's a, a rock has an absence of sight because it was never supposed to be there. And so just small couple little things talking about the problem of evil and and to look at that and just and hopefully we see. I see 
a little bit more clarity, you know, that it is permitted, but it's not produced by God. And he permits it because he will defeat it. And we know that because he's all-knowing, he's all-loving, and he's all-powerful. So he wants to, he can, and he knows that he will. And and I just hope you rest in the in the promise that just because God hasn't defeated evil yet doesn't mean that he won't. And that's why I think Paul said well in uh, Philippians 3, I press on. Um, and we have hope in Christ as the day, capital D, is drawing near, meaning when Christ returns, and that's when this process of defeating evil happens. And so I uh, hope it challenges you. Hope this has helped. Uh, we'll probably continue talking about this problem of evil because it's uh, I think it's a really good one that we need to be able to answer and give some reasonable responses to. So take care and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Thoughts of Thaddeus. If you have any questions about God or want to get deeper into your faith, feel free to hit Pastor Nick Pierce up on Instagram at Nickus1. That's N-I-K-K-U-S-1. Thanks and have a great day.